This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. No matter how many shows I do, and I have no idea how many shows I've done, I still dance and I enter music. The best $10 I have ever spent. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. This is going to be the Pick'em Podcast. That's right. We're going to pick Halloween show. A lot of spooky stuff. My my daughter favorite Halloween or favorite holiday is Halloween, so it's gonna be a big time. But I'm gonna catch the fights. Staying at home, parents are coming over. It's gonna be a night of it. I'm looking really looking forward to Saturday because I like handing out candy to the kids. Fuck COVID. I'll wear a mask. I'll, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Hand sanitize these all over the driveway. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Um, handing out candy. Daughter's gonna go. Get candy. Um, past two years here in Cincinnati, it's been fucking cold. It's been wet. It's going to be a little chilly. It, Halloween's got to be chilly. If it's hot, it ruins it. It's got to be a certain kind of chill in the air. But uh, yeah, so that's what that's what we're doing Saturday. And then I'm going to watch fights. I'm looking forward to it, baby. Here's the pick them. Okay. I teased last night on Twitter for all those uh, who were listening who joined me on Twitter last night. That was awesome. Thank you. I'm going to do that a lot more. You know what I mean? I think it's fun. It was cool doing that. I sent that link to like two of my other buddies who are not MMA aficionados. Well, two groups of buddies and uh one guy's well two guys really could have probably sat and held their own talking about mma uh but my one buddy clicked the link who is beyond uh does know nothing about mma he just wanted to get on to see what it is and uh he complimented the microphone got a new microphone uh i got some compliments last night for it thank you so yeah we're getting into it um before we start the one thing that is the only thing that's on my mind well i got i got the new iphone today uh Congrats to me. I'm an Apple simp. I'm a little simpy little bitchy. Listen, uh, when they're just handing out these new iPhones, I think it's irresponsible not to get one, right? Like, I'm not going to be the guy that has, like, I've always kind of wanted to be the guy that has, like, the iPhone 6, and it's just busted to shit, and they're like, I don't need a phone. This works, right? I'm jealous of those people, but also I can never be those people. I'm accepting who I am. I told myself before this fucking thing came out, I I don't need a 12. I don't need to upgrade to that, right? And then I watched the little fucking uh, announcement of it. I'm like, hmm, 5G seems pretty cool. That magnet shit seems pretty cool. Oh, look, it's shaped a little different. I will say this. It's a very, very minor upgrade. Like, if you have an 11 Pro um, and you're ready to upgrade, cool, short, whatever, I'm not going to I'm not gonna hound you at it. But it's a, it's a very uh, small upgrade this time. However, the, um, the shape of it. I ha- I've had every iPhone. The iPhone 4 is very boxy. That was my favorite iPhone. This is very boxy, a little heavy, which I like. I'm going to rock it without a case for a while. I hate fucking cell phone cases. So we're going to see how it goes. Hopefully I don't break it at work tomorrow, but I probably will. But uh, no, it's cool. And then there's a, the, the little, the, one of the things, it's, a, it's a, a measuring app. And you can literally point it at anybody. If, if they got their feet and their head in it, they can tell you what height it is. So we were, I told my wife to measure me today. Six, two boys. <laughs> I've always measured myself and I've, I've, I've gotten physicals and I'm like six, one and like quarter six, you know, uh, it's always six, one and change or whatever. And I always make the same fucking joke to the nurse. Can I tell people I'm six, two, I've always wanted to be six, two. When I was a little kid and then they measured my feet and they measured my hands, all that. They're like, Oh, he's gonna be like six, five. Like they, they predicted to me that tall. I wasn't, I'm obviously not that tall, but I've always wanted to be like six. Two. I thought six, two was a great number. And uh, yeah, so we're rocking in. Wife's five three, and the daughter is three three. So uh, bada bing, bada boom, we got it all locked down. But the one thing I want to say, I don't have any personal things. I, I wasted my breath uh, the last time we did the show and all the personal stuff. But 
all these people, like creators that are like me, that put out fights, pick fights, put out videos, spend a lot of time. Listen, I watch them. Guys, you got views, okay? If I haven't seen you, I'll watch you. If you I two popped up today on my YouTube recommendations I had I had never heard before. I listened to them, whatever. And the one, and I really listen, I'm not taking a shot to you. If you're in the MMA space and you're breaking down MMA, I love you for it, right? I want all the eyeballs on this sport as possible. I want very intelligent people. And listen, if you if you love this sport like I do and all these other people doing it, like you're all in, right? You're not half in, half out, right? You're all in. It's one of those sports where you commit to. And um, I was very intrigued. Uh, I think uh, one of my Twitter followers, or excuse me, one of the guys I follow on Twitter um, retweeted this, this uh, MMA podcast uh, Twitter handle. And it said, hey, new mic sounding good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me, let me check that out. So I click on it and it's two guys sitting on a, a desk and the new mic was one blue Yeti between the both of them. And, uh, listen, it just, it just, there's so much, there's so many more better options. There is. I listen, I don't consider myself a sellout. I was thinking about this day at work. Cause I, I literally was thinking about this day at work. Blue, the company Blue, that makes the Yetis, that makes the Snowballs, that makes all those things that everyone has, right? If they approach me for a sponsorship, and I'm like, hey, listen, we know you don't like our products. You shit all over them. You disparage people who own them. We want to do business. We want to change your mind, right? I'd be open to it. I'm an open-minded guy. But the minute like we start talking numbers... It's gonna be half. It's gonna be seven figs, and I'm not even exaggerating. I could not sell out for less than that. It is a not like I'm just I'm I'm so sick of people having this thing thinking it's great. It stinks. Contact me, boys. I'll set you up. I'll get I'll get you a recommendation, and you'll sound great. It just I don't know why people do that. It's crazy. And listen, if you're first starting out, like these guys who I I, I didn't I they have maybe have been doing it for a while. I don't know. Um, I watched a little bit of stuff. They sound like a little bit of a uh, Southern guys. They had thug, uh, price Mitchell shirts on respect the thug nasty, but you know, so maybe this is an improvement from the original setup. I don't know, but, and I know money is, is, you know, some people don't want to invest, but you got to invest in yourself guys and just contact me. I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help. But what I was going to say is all these platforms, all these other people, they're putting their picks out on like Sunday night, Monday. I'm like, what is going on? Like you, you are thinking of the next week before enjoying this week. Did you even enjoy Khabib's dominance or did you jump right into prep? Like it's listen, like, I mean, I don't know if I'm like impressed by it or if I'm like, it's a little too soon. Like I really feel like, and I don't follow their picks. I don't really follow anybody, but my own picks cause my own picks are fire. So I don't need to, I don't need to follow anybody, but, um, yeah, I don't know if their picks are any good or not, but I mean they're doing it really early. And, and listen, I've tried to prep on Monday. I've tried to do pickums on Tuesday, and I've done it before. But by Thursday or Friday, like I see lines, I see interviews, I see weigh-ins on Friday. I'm like, man, I don't know. And you can't you can't change your pick. You have to live and die with your picks. You have to, right? I'll tell you on the podcast if I'm be- if I'm betting and if I'm not, I'll never go opposite of who I pick, right? So like if I pick so and so. And I go, I'm not going to bet this fight is dangerous. I'm not going to go to my my book and I'm going to bet the opposite of what I picked. You got to live and die with your bets. Bottom line, you have to. It's just it's just a requirement. All right, so let's get to the fights. Halloween, baby. Uh, great card. 
Really, really good card. The only other thing I want to bring up, there hasn't been much. You know, Bellator tomorrow night. You got Musasi versus Lima, which I think should be a great fight. I think uh, Jack Swagger's fighting on that. There's a couple other guys fighting on it. I saw the Brandon Gertz thing today with the commission. That commission guy needs to get fucked. Um, but Gavin Tucker versus Billy Q, book for UFC 256. It's a mid- mid-level card, right? Billy Q undefeated in the UFC. Gavin Tucker undefeated in the UFC. Both these guys are really fucking good, and I cannot wait for that fight. I was blown away by Gavin Tucker's performance. Billy Q is as tough as they come. I got really excited when they announced that fight like it was some big fucking main event. Both these guys could be studs. I want to bring that up uh, because that was, I mean, I think that's going to be an incredible fight. Okay, next up. First fight, not next up, first fight. Miles Johns, 10-1. and one. He is a minus 176 favorite. He is fighting Kevin Natividad, who is 9-1, one, plus 142. Na, uh, Natividad, I believe is how you pronounce his name, actually. Natividad. Um, he was supposed to make his UFC debut on short notice not too long ago. Who was he supposed to fight? Who did he pull out of? He got sick or something? Uh, Brian Kellner, that's right. And, and weigh-in day or something happened. It was very close to the fight where he had to pull out. And then Brian Kellner took the whoever he fought, he took the guy's neck. Miles Johns coming off a pretty bad knockout loss to Mario Batista. But Batista is really fucking good. I looked at these guys' records. They're basically identical, right? 10 and 1, 9 and 1. Miles Johns um, is starting to come his own as a striker, but he's more of a wrestler. Like he wants to grind you out. His, his, uh, one downfall in the Batista fight is he didn't, I think, stick to the wrestling enough. And then when he tried to, it was, it was he was too readable and just got fucking pieced up. Miles Johns is a solid, solid prospect. LFA guy. He's fought some really good guys, really good records. He's only 10 and 1, one loss, one blemish. Kevin Natividad hasn't fought the quality of competition. He's got some tough guys on his record, but I just, the 9 and 1 to me is a little bloated. I was leaning Natividad when, when this first got announced because. But once I dove deep into his record and dove deep, and I think he's a talented guy, but once I dove deep into his record and dove deep into who he has fought, I'm more confident Miles Johns. I think Miles Johns grappling can get it done here. And boys, this might be one of the first, but this is my mortal lock of the night. First fight of the night, mortal lock. I got to get a soundbite for that. I think this might be my best bet. Listen, there's this card is very lopsided. There is one, two, three, four. I mean, there's like four fighters at minus 355, right? And I can't, I mean, I, of course I can give you those locks. I can give you minus 355s, but those aren't best bets. Like my mortal lock is my best bet. My mortal lock is to tell you who's going to win this fight. Now, the only time I'll go higher than maybe a 270 is if it's like Sean O'Malley or if it's like one of my guys that I, I got to represent, right? Um, but besides that, it's it, there's not a lot of meat on this bone um, there's a lot of underplays in my opinion on this card. And I think Miles Johns at 176, I think he's very viable. I think he's very playable. And I think he can get it done here. Natividad never fought in the UFC before. Again, solid prospect, solid kid, tough as they come. He fought in the LFA as well. I just think Miles Johns is going to be a little bit too much for him, too big, too strong. Probably win a decision here. Probably could be a competitive fight until I think Miles Johns takes over with his wrestling, grappling, but we'll see. I'm excited about it. But this is a very rare MMA takes. First fight of the night, lock of the night, mortal lock, man. I'm coming out of the gates fucking swinging. Woo. All right, next fight, Courtney Casey, nine and eight. What a crazy record, nine and eight. She's a minus 250 favorite. She is fighting Priscilla Cochrela. No idea if I'm pronouncing that name right, but I like I like saying that because it's like Caporella. She's nine and three. She is a minus, or excuse me, plus 198 underdog. Um, not impressed with either of these girls, really. Courtney Casey for a while there. She's fought to who's who. She's she's had some ugly losses, but she's tough. I mean, she is tough as shit. This girl can take it, and uh, she's a beast. And Priscilla, I've never really been impressed with her since she's been in the UFC. Um, who, who was that one fight? God damn it, Brian. My brain's failing me, guys. My brain's failing me. 
Yeah, so it was the Shannon Dobson is the only fight she's won in the OC. It was by uppercut, knocked her out in the first round. Okay, great. You beat Shannon Dobson, whatever. And then uh, Molly McCann destroyed her. Valentina Shevchenko choked her out. And then um, and then uh, Luana Carolina. I mean, Valentina Shevchenko was her UFC debut. That was a brutal loss. Listen, I don't think this girl's all that talented. Um, I, I don't I don't love Courtney Casey as well, but in this spot, I like Courtney Casey. I'm just going to pick her. I'm not going to bet her. Minus 250 on Courtney Casey, who's 9-8, and eight, who is, is tough, durable, but is going to be in close fights. This is, I'm not going to say bowl of spaghetti fight, but it's very fucking close because, I mean, Courtney Casey is coming off some losses. She's fought some really good girls. Priscilla, who I don't think is world-class. I feel like she's maybe in a little bit better spot here with a record, with confidence, whatever. Both these girls need to win desperately. Who wants it more? Hungry Dog runs faster. We'll see who the Hungry Dog is. Um, but I'm a lean Courtney Casey because I do like her skills a little more. She's going to be hard to get out of there. I think she's good every, uh, okay everywhere. I shouldn't say good everywhere. Well, maybe she's good. She's just equality. Um, I'm going Courtney Casey, though. All right, next up, J- uh, Dustin Jacoby, 12 and 5, minus 355 favorite. Steep. He's fighting Justin Ledette, who's 9 and 3, who is a plus 270 underdog. The only reason Justin, uh, I always say Justin, Justin Jacoby is such a better name than Dustin Jacoby. But anyway, the reason Jacoby is a minus 355 um, favorite is because Ledette stinks. That's the only reason. Ledette has pillow hands. Ledette is tall, lanky, usified at uh, heavyweight, former boxer, I believe. I'm surprised he's still with the UFC, if I'm being honest with you. He can outpoint guys because of his length and his in his okay boxing he's not gonna knock anybody out he's not world-class on the ground yeah yeah jacoby coming off the contender series run did kick boxing for a while looked good on the contender series and is an aggressive guy um has good kicks has good power i wonder what his size is because jacoby used to fight at 85 so he's six four maybe he never fought 85 he's six four i didn't think he was that tall i, I literally in my head thought he's five eleven Okay, so this is even a no-brainer because he's, I mean, he's hes the same height as Ledette, so there's not going to be much of a reach. So Ledette has an 80-inch reach. Jacoby, I got to imagine, 79, 78. Okay, a little bit of T-Rex arm to Jacoby. I can't believe he's 6'4". I, I literally thought he was 5'11". I thought the height difference was going to be major here. Way wrong. Anyway, you're taking Jacoby here. I mean, listen, 355 is steep. Um, I think you can bet it. I don't think, you know, you're paying a price. You're paying a big price. You're paying a big premium because Ledette's that bad. Now, Jacoby, I feel like his gas tank is a little questionable at times. I believe he's in Colorado now. I believe he's a Mike Matoya guy. So hopefully his gas tank has really, really amped it up there. He's fought in the UFC before. Didn't have the best of luck. Ledette's fighting for his job at this point. Um, so he's going to come out aggressive. Listen, he's going to come out. He knows this could be a stand-up fight. I don't think he has to worry about many takedowns at this point. Uh, Jacoby, if he's losing the stand-up for whatever reason, he can mix it up and take it down. I just think Jacoby has a better kickboxing game, better overall MMA striking game. Um, I think he's a little more explosive, a little more powerful. Ledette doesn't have the biggest power, but his boxing can give guys problems when they stand on the outside. But now that fucking Jacoby's 6'4", because he grew overnight, um, it's a it's a Jacoby play. Now, I don't Ledette's a durable dude, so I don't know if you're going to prop this. That's the only way you're probably going to get really good money on Jacoby. I would probably put him in a, in a pretty slime ball-y, uh, chunky parlay. Um, 
Jacoby, I think that's a good pick because I, I, I'm not going to shy away from this fight. I will bet this fight, and I'll probably go Jacoby. I definitely, I, I, well, I'm not going to say definitely. I don't think I'll bet it straight up, but he's got my interest peak. That's for sure. I think this is a good matchup for him. Even when I thought he's 5'11", it was a good matchup for him. Now that he's 6'4", I think that's a lock for him, but he's just too high. I can't give out those soft picks. I can't give out those square picks. I just can't do it. That's not me. I'm not a square pick kind of guy, okay? I'm a motherfucking sharp. That that was that was uh that sound effect I just made was a a knife coming across a sword coming across come fucking sharp all right next up Jason Witt who is seventeen and six he's a plus one fifty or excuse me minus one fifty eight under or uh, favorite fuck he's fighting Cole Williams who's eleven and two he's a plus one twenty eight this fight is the battle of the white wrestlers from the middle of the country um. Cole Williams, I believe, uses his stand-up a little more. He's only had one fight in the UFC against Claudio Silva. He lost by neck crank or something like that. Can't really remember the fight. I looked it up, and I just I fell asleep trying to watch it. He's not an exciting fighter. Doesn't have the best hands in the world. He does have some finishes, but he's fought fucking nobody. Iowa boy, right there in Iowa. Jason Witt was a guy I took as an underdog against Takashi uh, Sato, and he got fucking slept. Witt is 17-6, but he's a good wrestler. He's fought the better guys. I think he's going to be a little bit bigger than Cole Williams here at 170. Um, I'm going to lean Witt here. Witt was a minus 158. Uh, that's a good number as well. That's a fight that you can play straight up. Um, I just prefer Johns. I was I was literally, when I was looking at my plays, these were the two guys that could have been a lock for me, and I just really like the Johns matchup more. I think Witt can control this with his grappling, with his wrestling. Um, he has been knocked out before. Cole Williams does have a few knockouts on his record, but against guys with losing records, so I, I don't really know how big his power is. He's got a good record, but he hasn't really fought anybody. You know, he, he came in the UFC with, he was 11 and one coming to the UFC and just got embarrassed by Claudio Sylvia. So um, I'm going to go with here. I think Witt's just going to control the pace. I can't imagine this gets stopped. I think it's got to go to the decision. I don't know what the prop is right there, but you're getting a pretty good cri- uh, price on Witt at minus 158. I think his wrestling is going to be the uh, superior. I think it's going to be a little stronger, a little better everywhere on the ground as well. Cole Williams, um, I mean, you get submitted by a neck crank. I know it's Claudio Silva who is a fucking beast on the ground, but you get submitted by a neck crank, you got to go home and do some soul searching and start putting on a gi and start rolling. You got to you got to get after it. Um, I doubt he did that, but um, I'm going to go Jason Witt here. I'm not super confident. That's why I didn't make my mortal, but I will bet it. I will bet it because of the price. Minus 158 on this card, besides some of the unders, that's the best price you're going to get for a favorite, I think. I think some of these favorites are a little ballooned up too much. And uh, I like uh, I like him there at uh, at minus one fifty eight. All right, next up you got uh, Sean Strickland, who's twenty and three. He is a minus three fifty five favorite. He is fighting Jack Marshman, who's twenty three and nine, plus two seventy underdog. Here's another minus three fifty five. Um, Sean Strickland, good friends, my guy Chris Curtis. Speaking of Chris Curtis, he's fighting next week against uh, Mister Paige Van Zant's husband, Mister Van Zant on Bellator. So. Shout out, Chris. I hope he gets it done. He he deserves it. Listen, Vanderford's a tough guy. I don't want to be sidetracked here. Vanderford's a tough guy. He's a good wrestler, good grappler. That's been Chris's weakness in the past. Hopefully, he's cleaned that up. It's at 185. Chris is usually a 70, but he's, you know, he, he's he's short, but he's he's thick, right? He's strong. So 185 shouldn't be that big of an issue for him. I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back and, and dominates. He's he's light years ahead of uh Vanderford and striking, but Gets to the ground, it can get a little hairy because Vanifer looks has looked really good in smashing on the ground, grappling, and just, he's undefeated. He's not enough. So uh, yeah. So anyway, Sean Strickland, Chris Curtis's boy, former training partner out there, is twenty and three. 
Um, I've won a few unders on Sean Strickland. He doesn't fight all that often. He used to fight at 170, going up to 85 here. He's fighting Jack Marshman. This guy shouldn't be in the UFC. This is a another John Phillips-like guy who was like a bare-knuckle boxer. He's just never really evolved into MMA. That's why the line's so huge. I'm hammering Strickland here. I'm going to put him in a parlay for sure. I think Strickland just could be better everywhere. I think he can finish the fight if he gets to the ground. Strickland's got good chokes. Stand-up, I think Strickland's better as well. Marshman's tough. He's tough on the feet. I, I, I'm not going to predict a knockout because knockout he is fucking tough. He's that Welsh tough. But Strickland, superior everywhere uh, in MMA. And I just, unless he gets sloppy and gets caught, I just don't know how he loses this fight. I just, I really don't know how. I can't imagine anybody listening to this, anybody doing pickums, anybody with the faintest knowledge of MMA going to the counter or picking up your phone and placing a confident bet on Jack Marshman. I don't know anybody that does it. And if I, if you are that person, I want to meet you so I can spit in your fucking face. Cause that is horrible. Unless you're from that part of the world, unless you're like a Welshman and you want to support your guys, you're supporting your own country. That's cool. But anybody else, like if you live in like Nebraska and you're like, you know what? I think that Jack Marshman's going to win. I don't think, I don't think they talk like that in Nebraska, but you know what I mean? If there's some guy in the middle of the country, I think that Jack Marshman boy's going to win. Put you there. That's a good morning. Uh, fuck you. I'm gonna spit in your face. All right. Next up, Adrian Yanez, who's 11 and three is a minus 355 favorite. Another minus. I'm telling you, they're covered. And I tripled and quadruple checked. I'm like, am I just keep writing the same fucking number down? He is fighting Victor Rodriguez on short notice. Who's seven and two Alaska. He is a my or plus two seventy underdog. So listen, Adrian Yanez is Devin's guy. Devin interviewed him. Go on MMA takes podcast. I believe that we, we, I put up the audio of that as well. Uh, good interview. Devin's first interview with Rinez. He was coming off the contender series with a vicious knockout. You look at this guy's record, right? And this guy has fought a lot of solid dudes coming from the LFA, right? He's in Houston. He's in that little Texas bubble where it's kind of booming right now. I mean, Texas is a huge state, but there's a lot of guys coming from Texas that are really, really good. But you look at this guy's fights, right? So he knocked out Brady Hong 11 and 1 on the contender series by knockout. First round, beautiful knockout. He beat Kyle Estrada, who's 10 and 4. He beat Michael Rodriguez, who's 9 and 6. Warren Stewart's 11 28. Not a great win, but he went out there and he got it done. He lost to Miles Johns by split decision. And that was like right when Miles Johns came to the UFC or came to the contender series. So that was, you know, that's not a horrible loss. Beat uh, Nathan Trapglinger by knockout punch. He was 4 and 4. Trent Mew, 6 and 1. Domingo Pilarte lost another split decision. That guy, again, went on the contender series, got the contract, fights in the UFC. And then his only uh, Levi Movies was a was a loss early in his career back in 2014 by decision. Never been finished. He's got these. Um, uh, I think his losses are actually okay, and I think he's got some pretty good wins. He's got explosiveness in his hands. He's powerful. Victor Rodriguez is coming in from Alaska. He's seven and two. He's got some power in his hands too. But 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 but, but Alaska has a very good MMA following. They put on events like they're not like you know they're. <laughs> They're, they're a, a, not, I wouldn't say a hotspot, but they're definitely an MMA state, in my opinion. I mean, it's a huge state, but this kid is 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 doing okay over there. You know, right? His losses come back from 2014. He had a four-year-off uh, break in MMA, maybe just to get better. He took 14 to 18 off, and since he's been back, he hasn't lost. He's finished every single fight by punches or strikes. I looked at this looked at this kid up. Little wild, little reckless. Does seem to have some power, but I just think Inez is just too quick, too good, too fast, too powerful 
fought the better competition. I think this is going to be one of those things where Rodriguez is going to come out and he's going to show his heart. He's going to show his toughness, right? He's going to be in the fight within the first couple minutes because I think Yanez is going to fill him out, but then Yanez is just going to take over this fight. More than likely win by knockout. I think Yanez can take it to the third round, just beat him up. It really depends on how tough Victor Rodriguez is. Um, I just don't see this going any other way besides Yanez finishing, and that's why. Send him home. Send him home early. I think Yanez is sending him home. I do not know the prop. And, well, is there going to be a prop? It's early in the week. I've always, I do this to you guys in the podcast. I look up these props, and they're never there, and I get embarrassed. I don't know if you can take Yanez straight up at minus 355 just because of the price is really high. I'm very confident in him. I just don't think the price is high. Okay, so uh, Yanez by KO, TKO, minus 130. That's your play. That's your fucking play right there. You know what? Yanez by submission at plus 1,500. Why not? Do both, right? There's a method round combo here. You can do uh, you can do a double chance. Yanez by KO or submission, minus 165. Listen, there's ways there's ways around that minus, one th- uh, one, uh, minus 355 fucking price tag, which is huge. I'm going all in on Yanez. You know what? I got a decent little bankroll. I had a nice win last weekend. Um, starting to build that bankroll back up. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be three ways on Yanez. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm definitely gonna take him in a parlay, a real heavy chalky parlay. Probably get plus 103 odds, but I'm gonna put some good money on it. Probably try to double that up. Definitely pegging a parlay, and I'm gonna take him by um, KO at minus 130 for a unit, and then I'm gonna probably just do half a unit, maybe a quarter sprinkle, a little sprinkle on him by submission. Because listen, he could fucking take this dude's neck. I mean, Yanez is a knockout guy, but I. I, I I don't know if he has any submissions on his record, does he? But I would consider him well-rounded enough that he could take a fucking neck home. Okay, so uh, knockout, 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 knockout. One arm bar. He got an arm bar back in 2016 and a triangle choke. Okay, so this guy's got something in there, right? I can see him taking a fucking neck home at plus 1,500. Fuck off. I like that. Uh, but, yeah, Yanez three ways. He's my three-way better than the night. You got to take him a lot of different ways. You got to split that up because he's such a big favorite. Um, but I like him a lot. Not just because he came on the podcast. Now, listen, if you are if you are a fighter and you're listening to this, you're like, wow, that guy was all over Yanez's dick. Yeah, if you want if you want the same treatment, come on the podcast. Either my myself, Tim, or Devin will interview. Okay? It's, it's just what it is. If I said some horrible shit about you, maybe I, I'll, maybe, I won't, maybe I won't interview him. And then you'll go with Devin or Tim. More than likely, Tim has said some bad shit about you. He's He's been blocked by pretty much everyone on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, it's probably going to be Devin. All right, next up, Alex Hernandez, who's 11-3. and three. He's a minus 400 favorite. He's fighting Chris Grootsmacher, who's 14-3. and three. He's a plus 300. Whew, this line shocked me. Alex Hernandez has had a little bit of a retransformation in his career, right? In shape kid. Um, a lot of people liked him, uh, coming up, right? He went to, um, he was a Texas kid. Now he's up in Colorado, Mark Montoya. So he started the UFC with a huge knockout win over Benil Darius, right? Fluke knockout win squeaked by OAM, Olivia Amber Mercier, who basically retired, got destroyed by Cerrone after talking all that good shit. Beat Trinaldo in some crazy decision. I have no idea how you won that decision. And then got slept by Drew Dober in the second round. So he is a giant, giant favorite. And he's coming off losses. But he has fought the cream of the crop since coming to the UFC. I mean, his UFC debut was against fucking Benil Darius. The kid is tough. He jumps into the fire. And he's switched camps. And he's training with a, a better camp with better cardio because his problem has he slowed down. I just don't know if his confidence is there, right? I think his striking is very overrated. I think it's one-dimensional. I think it's very readable. And I don't think his wrestling is all that great. Chris Grumacher hasn't fought in a while. Two and a half years, maybe? We basically retired Joe Lozon. Ultimate fighter guy. Hasn't looked great. I believe he's an American top team dude. 14-3. Great record. 
But, you know, just just haven't shown us a lot. Has he gotten better since time away? Has he been hurt? He's been sick. I don't know the backstory. However, as a gambling man, which I am, I have a tattoo to my ass. I'm a gambling man. Chris Grusmacher at plus 300 and Alex Hernandez at minus 400. Yes, Hernandez has fought better competition. Yes, Hernandez is, was this prized possession when he knocked out Benil Darius. They threw him in the fire. But give me Chris Grusmacher at plus 300. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? Chris Grumacher plus 300? I'm not making it in my lock. But if you're a gambling man, you got to take a bite out of that. Plus 300 against a guy who definitely has confidence. He's not, Hernandez can come out there and sleep Grumacher within a second. I'm not going to worry about that. But I'm not sitting here saying bank your uh, fucking empty your clip. I'm not saying fucking bet your mortgage. I'm just saying put a couple bucks on Grootsmacher because that plus 300, to me, that's insulting. And I'm going to go with a shot. I'm going to go with a dog here. And I'm going to go Grootsmacher. And I'm, I'm going to take him. And I think he can get it done. I think he's going to squeak out a decision. Uh, uh, it, that's the only way I can see it doing. I think it's going to be a rough and tumble fight. But I think Hernandez cardio hasn't been fixed. I think he's going to come in there. Uh, and he's going to realize he's in there with a, with a durable dude. Because Chris, uh, Chris Grootsmacher is pretty durable. He's been away for a little bit. Maybe he's just looking for a paycheck. Maybe he's one foot in, one foot out. I don't know his backstory. I should have dug a little deeper. But that's not why That's why he's not my underdog lock. I'm going Grusmacher here uh, at plus 300 because you can't walk away from those odds. You just can't. And there's nobody. What I said before about Jack Marshman, there's nobody outside of Alex Hernandez's immediate family that is going to bet him at minus 400. That is insane. All right, next up, Bobby King Green, 27 to 10 and 1. He is a minus 325 favorite. He is fighting Tiago Moises, who is 13 and 4. He's a plus 250 underdog. This was tough to handicap. This was a This was a tough one for me to handicap, and I'll tell you why. I like Bobby Green. I like what Bobby Green stands for. His post-fight speeds have been electric. He's a super active fighter. He's well-rounded. He's been around the sport forever. He's finally getting some shine when he brought his coach in. And, you know, he he did the speech about how that's his father. It was kind of a, a speech about what's going on in the world right now with the racial tension and stuff. And his coach was a white guy. Um, that was awesome. And then his last post-fight speech was very emotional. Um, I like Bobby Green a lot, right? With that being said, I'm taking Tiago Moses here. I'm not going to bury the lead. He's 13-4. Listen, Bobby Green is a good wrestler. He's good at scrambling to his feet. His takedown defense is pretty good. He has been submitted before. He has lost close decisions. Tiago Moises is not amazing on the feet. He does have some knockouts. I think he's going to come out extremely aggressive. Bobby Green is a kind of a style fighter. His hands down. He likes to throw wild stuff. His hands are fantastic. His hands look great. Um, he's been fighting a lot of wrestlers lately, so I think his takedowns are going to be on point. But at some point when you get really active like this, you're going to run into a guy where you think you're going to steamroll, where you're a minus 325 favorite, when Bobby Green, his last few fights, has been underdogs. I think this fight is going to be really fucking close. I don't think Bobby Green can finish Tiago. I think if Tiago can catch a fucking ankle, leg, arm, neck, whatever, I think he's taking it home with him. Look at the Michael Johnson fight. Michael Johnson was dominating that first round. Tiago caught that leg. He'll hooked him. Or knee barred. I can't remember which one it was. Either way, he was losing that fight up to that. It was an incredible performance. Moises is slick off his back. He's got a decent record. He's got some power in his hands. He's aggressive. Aggressive. His stand up is sloppy. It's not great. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to sit here and say it's amazing. But he's aggressive. Sometimes that's all you need. And he's going to hit in volume. Bobby Green, hands down, likes to swag a little bit. Right, great hands. Not the best kick, great hands. Hands are down for two reasons. Why? That's just the way he fights, and also he's going to block the takedown. I think Moises is going to pressure him enough, strike with him more, throw some head kicks. He's got a good head kick. Throw some punches. He hits hard. 
maybe, albeit not the cleanest, but he hits hard, and he's going to work Bobby Green to the ground. If he gets to the ground, Bobby knows he's got to scramble up and get up. And while he's doing that, while he's giving up, giving up his neck, giving up whatever, I think Tiago's going to take it. And when you're giving me plus 250, I like it. This was so close to be my underdog lock. So close, but there's one other guy in here that I absolutely love. So I'm taking Tiago Moises at plus 250. That's back-to-back underdogs, baby. Back-to-back. It's risky. I ain't going to sit here and say it ain't risky, but you know what? You got to risk it for the biscuit, baby. Boo! I don't know who said that. I think Tim said that to me. I've never said that in my life, but now I say it all the time. So thank you, Tim. All right, next up, Greg Hardy, who is 6-2. He is a... Uh, what is he? Minus three fifty five favorite because of course he is. He's fighting Maurice Green, the Crochet Boss, who was nine and four, plus two seventy. I have stated on this podcast numerous times that I'll never pick Greg Hardy. Never ever pick Greg Hardy. His history, um, the type of person he is, the women beater, the drugs, he blew everything. I feel like he hasn't learned his lesson. I saw an interview he did today where he was really arrogant and said he's a once in a lifetime athlete. He's God and he's this and he's that, and it made me sick to my stomach. I will not bet this fight, okay? So I feel like I'm trying to get over 60% with my picks. So I'm trying to put personal stuff aside, which I usually don't do. Greg Hardy is a guy I'll never bet on, and I'll never... I'll bet against him. I'll never bet on. I'm not betting this fight. My pick is Greg Hardy. I think Maurice Green, you can't... You just can't. Look at the John Volante fight when John Volante looked like a double stuffed cannoli, was so fat and so slow. And John Volante was piecing Maurice Green up. He hurt his leg with the kicks, he was hit, hitting him with the punches. He tapped out because he was tired. That you know, he went to the back and had to get an Italian ice. He was tired. That's why he tapped out. Maurice Green is pretty good off his back, right? He's got a triangle choke, he's got some tricks. He's not a. Uh, He's not uh, terrible off his back, but his striking is is bad. His chin's a little weak. Um, he's tall. He's big. He's he's gonna be same size as Greg Hardy, I believe. Maybe not even a little bit taller. But Greg Hardy is just a different kind of athlete. I think he's fighting patient now. I think he's a little different. I think he's come a long way, and he's fought better competition. I mean, you just saw what Volkov did to Walt Harris, stopped him right, and Greg Hardy went three rounds with him and got his shit kicked out of him. But you know, he showed heart. He showed passion. So. I'm not going to compliment Greg Hardy too much, and I'm definitely not going to bet him, but I have to pick him in this spot because Maurice Green, I think it's just going to get walked through here. The only chance, and I see people picking Maurice Green as an underdog, which I can understand. Not sure if that's a smart play or if that's like a passionate play because they don't like Greg Hardy, but the only way I can see it happen is if he, like, I'm going to do play by play. Greg Hardy clips Maurice Green. Maurice goes down like a ton of bricks, like a sack of potatoes. Greg Hardy gets very excited. Once that knockout, once that brutal finish, he rushes in very aggressively, gets caught in a submission. I can see that happening. That's something in my mind that is happening. However, I don't think that will happen. I think Greg Hardy's gonna get to win this fight, unfortunately. But again, not betting it, not touching it, not parlaying it, not anything. So uh bet wisely, bet with your heart, bet with your mind, bet with your wallet. But you know, I'm staying away from this one. All right, next up, Makman Muradov, who is 24 and 6. He is a plus one twenty four underdog. He's fighting Kevin Holland, who is nineteen and three. And this fight, I love Kevin. This fight got made together at the last minute. Mahmud is uh, where is he from? So he's a, he's a Floyd Mayweather guy. He is from Prague, Czech Republic. Well, excuse me, he's fighting out of Czech Republic, which they are hot right now with fighters. And he's from Uzbekistan, right? He's 6'2", 185, big kid, good knockouts on his record, really good striker. 
Um, his losses come from forever ago. He's on a crazy win streak. Kevin Holland, one of the hottest fighters in the UFC right now, tall, lanky, um, looked incredible against Joaquin Buckley. We just saw what he did. Looked really good his last time out where he, I think he thought he lost. I thought he won the fight. Took the fight on relatively short notice um, against uh, Darren Stewart, who is a giant man from 185. Big, big, strong, powerful. And uh, I like this fight for for many reasons. It's going to be a banger. They're going to be on the feet. Uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. And speaking of can't waiting for it. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. This was almost my mortal lock of the night as well. I did that before. I put a mortal lock on and under, came back and bit me in the ass. I am confident in Mahmoud so much. His striking looks good. I follow him on Instagram. His pad work is good. I really want to see how he responds with Kevin Holland. This isn't my this is my underdog lock in the night, by the way. Not my mortal lock. My underdog lock in the night. Guaranteed bet. I'm putting him straight for sure. I do not think you should put this in a parlay. This could be a parlay buster. However, I do like uh Mock Mud straight up. I'm gonna put maybe two units on him, maybe three. I'm gonna see how wild I get. Um Kevin Holland is very active, right? His last fight was close against Darren Studer, I think is is Right there at being really good at 85. He's a powerful guy, and, and, and he just couldn't get it done against Holland. I had Holland win that fight. I know some people had Stewart. It was a split decision. But Holland's fighting super actively. He's already calling out his next opponent, right? And I like that, but sometimes guys, like we've seen in Donald Cerrone years ago when he was really active, you've seen it in the past where guys, when they're super active, a la Bobby Green on this card as well, they maybe get a little burnt out. Like Kevin Holland's a guy who could easily make 170 but fights at 85, so you don't got to worry about the weight cut, right? Um, but he's fighting a really heavy-handed guy, and, and, and Kevin Holland took some shots against Stewart, took some shots against Buckley. You know, Machmed is a really good fucking boxer. I do not know how good his chin is. Kevin Holland's going to test that. Kevin's taller. Kevin's rangier. He's, he's going to find that chin. Kevin likes to get in firefights. Sometimes Kevin, his fight IQ is a little different, right? It's not the best in the world. Like, his takedown offense needs obviously work, but his submissions are okay. I don't think you're worried about the mock. I think Machmed will clinch if he needs to. But I see them trying to stay at boxing range. And if Kevin Holland can't piece him up at range, he's going to be a problem here. And that's what I'm betting on. Betting on plus 124, Mahmed to come out. There's a reason Kevin Holland is lower. I mean, he's a minus 152 right now. There's a reason he's that low because Mahmed's got a little hype. People like him. Um, he's a finisher. He's he's talented. He's got a lot of things about him. We just don't see enough of him. I believe he's only fought twice in the UFC. That Trevor Smith knockout, I know it's Trevor Smith. I'm not going to fucking... You know, right home about it, but it was one of the sickest knockouts ever. I mean, Trevor Simba was dead. I mean, his fucking mouthpiece is still flying through the air. Crazy knockout. I like Machmed here. I'm gonna know I'm gonna disagree with a lot of people. A lot of people are gonna be offended. They think probably the value is on Holland. I can understand that getting Kevin Holland at minus one fifty two when I think he is an elite fighter. I just believe that much in Machmed. Um, that I feel like you're gonna catch a guy as an underdog here that you might not see as an underdog for a while. I believe in his talent that much. Again, I want to see how he is in a firefight. I want to see how he is when a guy's coming back at him. That's going to say a lot to me. He might not be able to take it. He might shy away from it, but Kevin Holland's going to fucking bring it to him. But I'm a bet. I'm a bet plus 124 that he's going to take it. All right, co-main event. I fucking love this fight. This should be the main event, in my opinion. I understand why it's not, but this is my main event. It's Bryce Mitchell, 13-0. Doug Nasty. He's got his camo shorts, and they look good. I mean, I haven't seen them. But they look good. You see what I did there? Yeah, because you know, Camo, you came across. That's a funny joke. All right, mine was 152. He's fighting Andre Philly, who is 21 and 7, plus 124 underdog. This is an amazing fight, right? So everyone under the sun, they think they have found Andre Philly as a steal as an underdog. And I feel like I agree with them. So Andre Philly has fought 
very actively. He's incredible. He's fought, I mean, he's fought fucking Calvin Cater, Yair Rodriguez, Michael Johnson, Miles Jerry, Shaman Rice, Sadiq Yusuf, George, Charles Jordan, just came over, and Dennis Munez. All these are very, very close wins, right? He he's not the most prolific finisher. He did knock out Shaman Rice, which is an awesome knockout, but he's not the most pro, uh, prolific finisher. He has some finishes on his record, but you know he's been submitted by Go to. Uh, Godolfo Pepe back in 2015. He got submitted by Max Holloway, guillotine choke back in 2014. So there are some submission losses on his record, but those are a while ago, right? And I mean, Max Holloway does have a pretty good guillotine. He hasn't really caught anybody in it, but you know, um, he's just fought such good competition. And then against Bryce Mitchell, this is a huge step up in competition. Bryce Mitchell hasn't fought anybody like Andre Philly. Andre Philly is tall, he's lanky, he has really good striking. His wrestling is really good. Bryce Mitchell is cardio is through the roof. I don't know what my voice cracked there, but through the roof. And his ground game, his smothering on top is really good. So what you're picking at here is you're picking at, is Andre Philly too much for Bryce Mitchell right now, right? So when you go back, and I, I hate to say this, but when you go back to like early Khabib dates, I would love to know how many people picked like, um, who's his, who's his debut? Fuck, I just had this in my head. So he, he debuted against a wrestler. How many people are like, oh, this wrestler's going to be too much for him, right? So, and when he when he fought Clayson um, T. Bow, people were like T. Bow's too much for him. Did we know yet that anybody see like Khabib was gonna be too much for anybody? Right? Bryce Mitchell has been too much for everyone that he's fought, even though he hasn't fought the best competition. When he gets you to the ground and he get he'll get you there, and he's on top, you're not getting up. Right? I don't think his submissions. He's got a couple twisters, but I don't think he's like. A super killer with his submissions. Um, I don't see him like jump into a guillotine. I really don't see him like rolling for leg locks. I just see him positioning and, and maybe getting an armbar and just really dominating Philly on the top. I see that his way of winning. Philly, however, I mean, he he has given up takedowns. He's been submitted before. He usually is the one mixing up his striking with takedowns, right? That's usually his game. So I don't know how great his takedown offense is. His last few opponents haven't really tried to take him down, but he's tall, he's lanky for this division. Usually those guys are hard to go down. I'm going to go Bryce Mitchell here. I'm going to go opposite of what everyone's picking. Everyone's picking Feely as the underdog here, and I like that play. Um, but I'm going to pick Bryce Mitchell. I'm going to bet him as well, minus 152. I think we're seeing a guy that people haven't figured out yet, right? He's from that small camp there in Arkansas. He's like the pride of the gym. The guy's training. He's never getting tired. He's very confident, right? And I just, you know, we haven't seen enough of him on the feet yet. I think Andre Philly's going to bring that out. Um, I think he's as tough as they come. I and mean, the guy took a drill to his nuts. His nuts were, he literally had to pick his nuts off of his garage floor and go to the hospital. I mean, if that's not tough, I don't know what is. But I'm going to go with Bryce Mitchell. I think this is going to be kind of a tough fight. But I think if he gets to the ground, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, including Andre Philly, who trains with a world-class camp with a bunch of really great wrestlers. I just think Bryce Mitchell could be that guy that's really that dominant. He could be the 145. And I'm not going to compare him to Khabib, but he could be Khabib-like um, in a sense where it's just when you get to the ground, it's fucking death. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with Bryce Mitchell here. All right, main event, Uriah Hall, who is 15-9. and nine. He is fighting Anderson Silva, who's 34-10. and 10. Uriah Hall is a minus 225 favorite. Anderson Silva is a plus 180. Anderson Silva's last fight, maybe. Um, I don't hate this fight for him. I actually kind of really like this fight because Uriah Hall was the original, oh, he's going to be like Anderson Silva type deal after the, the knockout on the Ultimate Fighter. 
But he never really transitioned that. He never really made that leap, right? Um, he's fallen short a few times. I believe he's on a nice little win streak here. Yeah, so he's got Babe on Lewis by knockout. Antonio Carlos Jr. by split. He got knocked out by Paula Costa back in 2018. Hasn't been the most active. Uriah Hall hasn't fought in 2020 yet. He was supposed to fight uh, Yoel and Jack Ray twice. Obviously, those fights got canceled. He's got some losses on his record that aren't great. He's got some decent wins. His biggest win, probably Gegar, but that was kind of a fluke, if you ask me. Um, you know, but he's very confident in the Anderson Silva. Now, Anderson Silva's had a really spotty past few years. The Anderson or the steroid case really kind of hurt him a little bit. You know, he's on dick pills. Was he not? He lost to Jaren Kinnear by knee injury uh, via leg kick. I don't really think he hurt his knee. I, I could be wrong on that, but I believe they did like knee, uh, like an MRI in his knee, and his knee was fine. I think he just got hurt with the leg kicks. And then Israel Asanya, they had that decision. Um, where he lost Izzy. I think Izzy was just kind of playing with him. He didn't want to knock out his mentor. He got gifted a decision win over Derek Brunson back in 2017. Then uh, he lost the decision DC. He took the fight on like 24 hours notice. And then the Bisming loss, which actually looked good. But we're going back to 2016. We got to talk about now. That was four years ago. Um, listen, I think Anderson Silva is an interesting cat. Like, he's one of the greatest of all time. I don't know if he'll go down as the greatest of all time because I do think Izzy will surpass him at middleweight. But there's still greatness there. There's still a mystique. At first, this was his final fight ever. Now his coaches are saying, well, we don't know. Let's see how he does in this fight. Uriah Hall, I think, is a good striker. I don't think he's a great striker. I think he's a little bit of a mental case. I think he could be better than what he is. He's bounced around camp, so he's in California. He's a New York kid, but he went to California. I believe he went to Florida for a little bit, and now he's in uh, Texas sleeping on an air mattress or whatever. Um, he's 15-9. and nine. Like He has all the talents in the world to be better than he is, and he's just not... I don't know if I trust him in a five-round fight. I like his heart. I like his determination. I like his skills. I just think he's going to come in there, and he's, and he's going to try some shit on Anderson. I think Anderson's reflexes are gone. I think that quick twitch muscle where he used to be able to read everybody and move his head when he could, I think that's gone. But he's a showman. He's going to still do that in this fight. Um, I'm going to go Anderson Silva. I'm going to go plus 180. This is a fight I'm probably going to bet. Listen, I don't want to be the asshole who doesn't bet Anderson Silva on his retirement fight. Um, I'm about 50-50 on this fight, right? So I'm I'm very, very fucking torn. This is an emotional pick. This is a pick where an end of an era is over, and I want Anderson to do good. I want Anderson to go out there, and I wish you would knock your eye out and then say, see ya, I'm done. I, it, can't, it doesn't get any better than that, right? I have a feeling this could be a very close fight. It could be very Derek Brunson-like, where Anderson's kind of avoiding your eyes, big strikes, and then mixing up his own. Anderson isn't the most active guy in the world. Good counter puncher. I don't know if his counters are like they were, but he's pinpoint accurate. I think if he lands one in Uriah, he can buzz Uriah. Uriah doesn't have the best chin in the world. He doesn't like getting in these uh, fucking drag out wars or whatever. Um, so I'm going to go Anderson here at plus 180. I, you know, listen, I just, I just, I like the matchup for him. I think this is a perfect way. I think UFC did a really good job of matching Anderson up with the exact right guy at the exact right time. And I'm hoping it's his last fight. I'm hoping we don't see some bare-knuckle shit. I'm hoping Bellator doesn't come in and offer him a billion fucking dollars. I want Anderson to ride on top here. I'm going to pick him. It's an emotional pick. I'm going to bet it, definitely. So jump in the hole with me, jump in the mud, and, and let's 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 bet on Anderson together. And uh, hopefully we can move the line a little bit. But also... um. 
Let's just let's just see a legend out. Let's be, let's be on the side of the legend for once. All right, that's the show. That's it. Um, I'll probably try to do a Twitter thing. I'll probably go live on Twitter maybe once or twice more this week. I'm having fun doing it. I'm having fun. It will join me. MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. Um, I'll literally answer every comment that I get. I mean, listen, we, we I got, I think, 30 viewers last time. The, the time after that, we got like 200-something. So if you comment, you're going on the screen. I'll answer your question. I'll answer your comments. I don't care if it's mean. I don't care if it's nice. I don't care if it's whatever. Let's fucking go. Let's talk MMA, baby. Let's talk money. And uh, MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram as well. And then MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Um, and we put more videos out on there too, live streaming and whatnot. I was going to fi- film the pick and put it on YouTube. That was that was something I was going to do. But a little late at night, kind of kind of got off track here. So uh, my apologies. But uh, yeah, let's go. Let's have a good Halloween. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Get her down off Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.